Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. and co-host of Monster X Radio. Um, with me today is my buddy Shane Corson. Shane's sporting a little bit of a cold, so forgive him if he mutes himself while he clears his throat sometimes. So, hey, Shane, how you doing? Uh, not too bad. Just like you said, getting over this uh, blasted cold that seems to be plaguing everybody. Uh, finally got it. First time I've been sick all year. And uh, it's not been horrible, but it's been lagging. So a lot of upper respiratory stuff going on that uh, I hope leaves soon. Um, I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment. I headed out this weekend out to the the boonies and uh, did some stuff out there with uh, some Tillamook members. And uh, I I did all right, but, uh, you know, probably not the smartest thing to do. But when I get a chance (laughs) to get out, I'm going to head out. Well, it was, yeah, we actually, uh, I saw some of the pictures. I was unable to make it with you guys this, out with you guys this uh, time, but there was actually some snow out there. So, um, congrats on yeah. Brave and that. You guys uh, spent the, just last night, right? Yeah, we headed out early Saturday. Um, headed out early Saturday, got a lot of uh, stuff done, did a lot of hiking. Um Checked out some areas that um, Larry wanted to show me. And it was, you know, very, very awesome, beautiful, serene areas. Uh, and then, uh, you know, did our thing uh, Saturday and into Saturday night. And around, oh, 10, 30, 11, it started to pour. So uh, uh kind of affected some of our audio uh, and whatnot. And we, uh, you know, today went out actually hiking some more and 
you know, I had a great time. Does it sound like you found some some areas we're getting out and trying to map out the areas around our our base camp there? Uh, three of us went out last weekend and, and uh, hiked quite a ways, found a, a trail east of camp, and uh, then one of our our party had a an issue with his knee, and so um, the other two of us hiked up a very steep road. On the, went uh, up up in grade for, I don't know, a mile and a half or something, and uh, made it back to camp and came back and got him and brought him back to his vehicle and stuff. So always an adventure out there in the, the wild woods. So yes. we've got some stuff coming up this this uh this is being the new year. Um, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference is coming up in May 16th. And that's at the Salt Fork Lodge and Conference Center in, of course, Ohio. Um, their website is www.ohiobigfootconference.com. Um, I see all the VIP tickets are, are uh, sold out. Uh, they, I mean, they went fast, too. So um, if you want to get tickets to that, I suggest you go get them quick. Um, the other thing that's coming up is uh, might be of interest to some of our folks is the first annual uh, TSUSA, that's Team Squatching, which is Matt Johnson's group. Um, and they're having a Bigfoot Habituation Research Conference in um, April 24th and 26th up in Bremington, Washington. And um, I don't think there's a website for it. I, I think that uh, if you go to uh, the Facebook group page, Team Squatch, and the information's on there. So if that's your your area of interest, uh, habituation and and uh, that sort of thing, it's coming. They're having the first one ever. So, of course, tonight is uh, they're having another episode of Finding Bigfoot, two hours it looks like, and another behind the scenes. Um, from what I gathered from Cliff's Facebook page, um, it features Cliff and Bobo in kilts. So, uh, you know, take your chances with that. Um, the odds are that they will not find Bigfoot up tonight, but I've still got my fingers crossed and just never know. Um, and then this this uh, week, um, our buddy uh, Guy Edwards, who hosts Top Squatch in, uh, in Portland, had taken a, a hiatus. I think he actually got the itch and came back a little bit early because he had said the end of the year, but I, he came out of hiding um, about a week ago and is putting on a, a event, hosting an event this weekend or this weekend, this Thursday at uh, every year the one of the beer companies here in Oregon uh, comes out with a Bigfoot beer and uh, last year and then this will be the second year that uh, – uh, guys, Hopsquatch group is going to uh, help uh, celebrate the introduction. So for the second year, Hopsquatch is sponsoring Sierra Nevada's Bigfoot Barley Wine Release Party. So that, that is uh, help celebrate squat, Sasquatch and beer, and that's going to be at the, the White Owl Social Club in Portland this Thursday from 6 to 11 p.m. It's free. Of course, you have to be 21. Um, 
and I guess Cliff uh, Berkman from Finding Bigfoot will be there. So I'm not sure if I'm going to make that or not. Are you going to that, Shane? I'm going to do my best. I went to the event last year, right. uh, same spot, and it was it was awesome. Good, great time. Uh, you know, it's more of a more of a social event, but there was a lot of good speakers and uh, a little powwow afterwards. But yeah, I'm going to try and make it. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you take care of that cold. Um, Jess is saying uh, be sure and take decongestants. So, and she's a nurse. Oh yeah, so I guess we can take some. Yeah, I usually so. <laughs> right. My my remedy is usually just to kick the living you know what out of myself, and I seem to get better. So well, whiskey, whiskey around some fireball around the campfire is a good idea too. I think. Uh, so. sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, well, this um, this year I have declared. You know, we spent a lot of time. It seemed like in 2014 talking about hoaxes and and uh, potential hoaxes and uh, um, and a lot of personality stuff, it seemed like. It seemed like got out of control a bit. So, uh, um, I, you know, at the, on our last show, I declared 2015 the year of evidence. And uh, so, uh-huh. as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to uh, be paying attention to the... Uh, the fisticuffs that go on, it seemed like all the time in big footing. I want to talk about, excuse me, I'm a, I think I caught what Shane had all of a sudden. Over the phone, even. Wow. I know. I think you probably mind spoke it to me. <laughs> yeah. Ah, just kidding. This year is, you know, I, I'm all about the evidence. I, I, want, to, I want to see what's going to happen. Um, there's some exciting things coming on. Um, it looks like the Falcon Project is finally going to get off the ground, pun intended. Um, I actually was talking to a gentleman online that that uh, is involved in that, and uh, it sounds interesting. I, you know, always hopeful that that uh, new new uh, techniques will yield new kinds of evidence. So, what do you think about that? Uh, Falcon Project idea. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I actually honestly really like it from your nap. No, no, sorry. I was I was reading something. <laughs> um, no, I, I actually really like the idea of the Falcon Project. Uh, you know, is it going to ultimately prove the existence of Sasquatch? I have no idea. Uh, I think it's a valiant effort, valiant idea. Um, you know, I've I've supported it. Um, it, it's, I, I got to give, you know, William, you know, Barnes credit, you know, he's been trying to get this thing going for years and years and years. He's a, he's a really nice guy. He's a fantastic guy. Been trying to get this going for years and years. Um, he had all the naysayers, people, you know, attacking him, uh, this and that. And he stuck to it and he said, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And here we are finally, um, this man's dream is going to happen. Uh, and I I got to give the guy credit, man. He stuck to it. You know, he didn't invo- get involved in all the, uh, you know, meaningless banter and all that. He just, he set his eyes on what he wanted to do, and it's going to get done. Now, like I said, much credit for that. Is it going to prove Sasquatch? I don't know. Um, wait and see what happens. Uh, uh, it's, it's something 
um, that's not really been done before, uh, as as with every little detail and aspect of what he's trying to get done. Um, it's it's pretty adventurous. It's you know it's uh, you know like I said, I don't know if it's going to prove it. I, I I hope they find something. I hope that everything works out because you know anything could happen. Uh, there's always uh, things they're going to encounter that they haven't thought of. Um, hopefully. Uh, everything will pan out for him as far as as getting it off the ground and and getting the people out there that he needs and and everything will flow. I know he's been thinking about this for years and years, so I'm sure he's looked at every little detail. So as far as this year is concerned, I'm looking forward to um, this particular um, project. I'm really looking forward to it. So hopefully, um, hopefully he can uh, pull a rabbit out of a hat. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'd like to see him pull a squatch out of my hat. Right. It'd, be, it'd be a much bigger hat. So. Um, yeah, yeah, big yeah, it's, hat. It's an interesting idea. I mean, like you say, I, I'm still convinced that, you know, no no uh, single picture, no, even no, even a series of pictures without um, corroborating evidence, you know. I think, I, as I've been saying all along, it's this is, the only way this is going to get solved, one way or the other, is if we prove it. To, I mean, we need a specimen, right? And that's that you know, alive or dead. And uh, probably the shortcut is to, so far nobody's tripped over one um, out in the woods that we know of. Hmm. But uh, the only other uh, way I think we prove it is a long-term, you know habituation study like something like Jane Goodall where you know it's documented over time and with with clear uh definitive photographic evidence as well as uh DNA evidence you know yeah so but so with far, the um with the Falcon project the one thing I think it can do is if if they do get some good therm, some good ground evidence, um, mm-hmm. possibly if it's that good, uh, I think one of the goals is to get this this subject serious with the scientific community. So there's that aspect. It may not prove Sasquatch, but it may provide evidence, some compelling stuff that will maybe right. bring in some more serious uh, or, or you know that scientific you know academia, get them involved, and then maybe launch something bigger than the Falcon Project. Um, I think that's a more reasonable uh, goal than to say they're going to prove Sasquatch exists. Uh, I think that maybe they might be able to get some serious um, minds involved, possibly, if they can pull something, uh, find something, uh, and and really go about it the right way. Right, and that's, you know, spotting it. And you don't know. You don't know that you might uh, find some patterns, you know, some secret areas that they've been hanging out that maybe we haven't had access to before. I mean, it does open up possibility of uh, covering a lot of ground. I mean, you could, you know, that's one of the things you go out and start hiking around in the woods. And uh, there's a lot of areas that's very difficult to get into for us. It's always amazing to me when I'm out there and like see, you know, deer and, and elk, particularly like what kind of ground they can cover takes me might take me half an hour to get up the hillside and they're gone up there in in ridiculous amount of ridiculously short amount of time. So 
can't imagine what kind of, um, a Sasquatch Bigfoot uh, moves pretty fluidly through the the woods and can get to areas that that just with their physicality that that we couldn't get to. So, um, so having that that tool um, definitely has some interesting uh, possibilities. And I know there's there's things coming out of the Olympic project. You you know you're involved with that and. Uh, um, the idea that eventually some of those uh, predictive patterns will start to show up because they've been working on that and putting them together, you know, that's that's such a cool idea. It's like because the idea of going out in the woods is and and wandering around trying to find a Bigfoot is is uh, you know very needle in the haystack. Um, oh, there's yeah. some people that claim they can walk right to where they are. Um, if if that is the case, I don't know why we don't have, you know, conclusive, definitive uh, wildlife photographs of of, of uh, these creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's I'm very optimistic about the direction you know Lynn Project is going. You know, uh, um, we're not necessarily out to. to Proves that's what exists. It's for, for us. It's it's about building patterns and stuff. And I think uh, that's a more realistic goal. You know, we're out to prove Sasquatch does not exist in a certain area before we go proving that it does. You know, we're ruling everything else out so that at the end of the day, you're like, well, what do we have here? So the more realistic approach is, like you said, you're not going to wander around the woods, chance are, and, and just see a Bigfoot or get that money shot or find a body. Um, you know, no, there's many valiant people out there, very honest people out there that are doing things that, um, you know, building up data. They've been doing it for years and years and years, building up data, uh, collecting tidbits of um, possible evidence, and uh, that's what we're doing. And, we, you know, we got a new website coming out soon. Um, you know, Tom Baker's really, uh, you know, he's our analyst and data collector, and he's doing a phenomenal job. Um, I'm really excited about this year, um, just for uh, being involved with Limp Project, but just the, some of the endeavors we're going to partake in, uh, the direction we're going. Um, and there's other groups out there I'm excited for, too, people that don't get involved in all the, uh, you know, skullduggery well, that are just, you know, <laughs> pay attention to themselves and work with people, and uh, are trying to get something done, something positive done. So that's that's exciting, and uh, I think the Lynn Project. You know, I'm proud to be associated with them, and and uh, you know, and the, the Tillamook Group. You know, we're, I think we're really starting to get some positive stuff together here. And you got to spend a lot of time out in the woods. You got to spend a lot of time um, vetting data and, and possible pieces of evidence. And it's it's not a fast process by no means, right? Uh, no. I mean, it's this. I mean, for us in in the, our group, and we we had. I mean, there were different things that happened in uh, 2014 that hadn't happened previously. Um, with the so, you know, we've we've had different kinds of localizations and and sounds, and and this year there was there was the additional addition of whistles, which uh, were very fascinating. Um, some weird thumping stuff that has you know hadn't happened before. Um, I ran that by Cliff. He 
said, well, it could be a grouse unless it was at night. It, it, well, it was at night, so it wasn't a grouse. So, yeah, and then then uh, Jess and I had the incident where, where uh, best we can guess, uh, you know, there was a rock tossed in our direction in association with her making an agitated chimp sound, which I found kind of fascinating. So um, don't know that it was a Bigfoot, um, but it sure was weird. I mean, uh, didn't see the rock going through the air, just saw some brush move when in associate, you know, in association with the sound. The next day we found about a five inch diameter rock, uh, within three feet behind where she was sitting. So if you were there and you heard the, and I, I, you've had the opportunity to hear the recording of the, the crash and, uh, Oh yeah, it, it was it was pretty startling. So um, it's uh, yeah. stuff just keeps you know it, it's building on it's building a foundation and and more stuff happens and you know like you say you run it through a filter and it's it's always the idea of uh, as a uh, Shelley um, your buddy Shelley uh, likes to say Bigfoot last you know that's yeah. Right. I adopted that as my own, uh, as uh, when I heard that, and I think that's that's a great mental idea to to approach with evidence. Bigfoot last. There's a lot of Bigfoot first, but uh, yeah, you know, and because I, I think the the burden of proof when you you know you're telling people that there's a, a non unclassified bipedal primate wandered around in the American forest, the burden of proof is on on uh, us as investigators. So we don't do ourselves any favor when we approach things with a Bigfoot first mindset. So Yeah, it's very important to do that, is to go into the mindset that Bigfoot lasts. I mean, and it should be always that way because right. there, I mean, there really has not been concrete solid evidence provided yet um and just because say someone had a sighting in a certain area or a really uh, extraordinary encounter doesn't mean that could be a one in a lifetime sort of event doesn't mean sasquatch is hanging around that area um you right. can go back there time and time again um takes a lot of time uh, you got to study your the natural fauna what's going on out there what are the food sources why would something be like like this be out there how does it move around? Why does it move around? What is it doing during the day? What is it doing during the night? But you always go in there going, Sasquatch last. You never go in there oh. and see something or find something, you know, unless you actually see a Sasquatch stand in there. It's, <laughs> did you see a Sasquatch do uh, that call? Uh, did you see a Sasquatch throw a rock? Did you see it twist a branch, break a branch? Did you see a Sasquatch, you know, beat on something? Uh, you know, we don't have that. And that's something to always keep in mind when you start throwing things out there like, well, it had to be a set. What else could it have been? <laughs> well, it could have been a lot of things, really. I mean, how much time have you spent really looking at what's out there that could possibly do what you're saying has been done? Uh, very important, very important. Absolutely. I, I think uh, we've actually got uh, a caller on the line. Let me check here. Area code 503. Are you there? Hello. Is that me? 
<laughs> hey, Larry. I had to it take is off you. my headphones. <laughs> it is me. I, I think I think you ought to check. Look, in, you have a mirror nearby to see if it's you. Yeah, let's see. Ice, ice on knee. Yep, it's me. All right. How's your knee? Oh, uh, it's a little better. As long as I'm not moving around, I just thawed out the ice pack, so it's back in the freezer again. <laughs> yeah. So. You guys went out this weekend and, and had some stuff happen, it sounds like. Yeah. And other things that uh, I think Shane and I could both agree we've not heard before. Um, can't even really describe it. Want to take a stab at it, Shane? Oh, just, uh, you know, just some odd sounds. Some uh, yeah. Mainly it was audio related or, you know, yep. we, we heard it. Some odd stuff. Um uh, you know, even heard a grunt at one time. Don't know what it was exactly, but it was it was odd uh, for the area that we were in and with uh, some of the other things that was going on. But uh, nothing concrete or absolutely substantial. We got tons of audio to go through. Um, that rain came yeah. in and kind of kind of killed a lot of of what we were picking up. But it was it was interesting for sure. Yeah, I'll uh, evaluate that audio over the next week or so. It's, I'm guesstimating. Well, I'll probably just cut out the rain stuff. I'm guesstimating at least 40 hours between the recorders. And I know one's got something on it, but i got to analyze that further. So for you guys, have the Tillamook directions that don't don't know Larry is part of our group in the Tillamook Forest Research Project, and uh, he, he uh, has, takes it upon himself to go through copious amounts of, of audio because every time we go out, you know, we're putting up oh four or five audio recorders and uh, recording for in the neighborhood of ten hours, so sometimes more. And and Larry um, is becoming an expert along with with the help from uh, David from uh, the Olympic Project that has uh, become an expert in in looking at looking at audio through uh what is it the, the program that you use larry sonic sonic visualizer yeah so you can actually see when things uh anomalies occur that that uh, yeah it's a quick way you can go through like out. a yeah you can go through like a 28 minute file in like five minutes just looking for anomalies um that are non-typical so you can see the noise and, and then ambient noise, and then, um, like, say, you can see a cricket and see where they're going at what frequency, and then you can keep on going, and then you can find the interesting stuff in the lower, uh, like 700 hertz and lower. That's usually where I focus in at. But there's some other ones that are pretty cool, too, like coyotes and stuff like that, barred owls. But it's all, it's all good to have for uh, to put on a uh, a record so that you can actually identify these things right away. Yeah, so yeah, that, and that, yeah, like, go ahead. Killing patterns. Right. Yeah. Well, knowing, I mean, knowing what what other known animals sound like helps you eliminate, you know, a vast majority of what you're picking up. So. Yeah, my rule of thumb is is not not to really say it's Bigfoot, but I can tell you what it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's what I go by is what it what it is not. Um, like you were talking about the grouse thing. I know what grouse sounds like. I guarantee you that was no grouse. <laughs> yeah, not, no, yeah, yeah, not a grouse. Um, no, no, but what yeah, was it? We don't, grouse, the, right. 
Gunner, you when we were up there, grouse do not have that amplitude. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, when they're, and, when and they're and on the The other thing is, is what's the other behavior? You know, I don't. I'm right. not thinking that grouse following you back to camp. So it's it's, yeah. it's everything. In, the other thing is having evidence in context. You know, it's what and audio. Is so so you know, audio is so interpretive till you get it on like what you're doing when you take it and actually can look at and 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 uh, rule out certain, you know, rule out known animals because you have a base record to go by, so. Yeah, and then, of course, David even has a bigger one. Um, and it's really cool is that now, now, you know, I can find something and just send out the file and not say anything. To, you know, we try, I'm trying to work with, trying to do a triple-blind uh, repeatability study on certain files, and so far it's working out where it's like, okay, there it is. You know, and that, that and pretty much has uh, like that uh, thumping sound was a head scratcher for everybody, even though I was extremely intimidated. <laughs> and I, I didn't have the good sense to be intimidated, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> well, you were getting drugged down the hill anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, but but when I, yeah, you see your your uh, buddy who's packing with his hand on his hip, you. It tends to get your attention. So, um, you, and you guys had something similar happen, like similar something this weekend, right? Is that correct? You know, it's almost I'll, I'll, because Shane. Well, Shane heard it, and when we, I played it in my truck, and I was amped up. But identical type of sound, um, less amplitude, so it could have been coming from a greater distance. But it was also coming. It was coming from an di- entirely different direction than when you and I were up last. Hmm. So yeah, that's pretty cool. What yeah. do you think about what's what's happening with evidence? And I mean, you've seen a lot of the the uh, personality stuff that took place this last year. Well, well, setting what, aside all the personality thing, my big uh-huh. dream I would love to see is if somehow, some way, that researchers across the nation could agree on a certain set of standards and principles with regards to uh, collecting data. I mean, we're all over the place. You know, it would be neat if there was like, okay, we, we agreed to, to do a footprint this way. We agreed to do audio this way using this, this format. And try, to, and try to build upon it where when you've got this, these groups, like we collaborate with a few groups, uh, to share this data, so that you can have repeatability. That's my biggest uh, pet peeve is that, you know, people, it's like playing cards, you know, the guy's holding his cards, his cards close to his vest. You don't know what he's got. That's not what we're, who cares? I mean, I'm not after the glory. I don't know very many people that really are. How about we just work it out, agree on principles and standard operating procedures and go by the numbers and, and share this stuff. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Well said. And I know that we we made some big strides this year, and and a lot of that was was due to your uh, networking skills. <laughs> uh, and uh, we've shared information with other groups, and and it was and it was productive because um, when you started, you know, we started getting involved with these other groups, and you, you would share some of the stuff that we had, and you found. 
that they were having similar uh, experiences uh, and get and getting similar audio stuff in in which their areas record, as well. Which, exactly, What's and that? that is you know especially with audio, and you're getting the same type. I'm going to call it verbiage. Just say same type of call, same type type of verbiage, whatever. That's a pattern, and that pattern is spanning hundreds of miles. It's it's quite fascinating when you start uh, seeing this stuff. And I'm it's, worried yeah, that it's cross country. It's very fascinating, you know. And another thing is, there's no Bigfoot, Sasquatch, cryptid um, expert, but no. there are. Uh, people very experienced in their fields and experts sometimes in their fields that if you don't work with others or bring them into it, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing the subject a disservice. Um, it's important to work with people because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you're out in the woods and you're not a hunter or a, a naturalist or whatever, and you come across something, you know, a track or whatever, you know, you don't know what it is. It's important to, to look at those that have been doing that side of the the field work that can tell you, okay, well, I can tell you what this is and what it's doing or what it's not doing or whatnot. It's important to bring that, that kind of element into your research. And the only way to do that is to really, truly um, open the doors a bit, work with other people. Um, you know, I'm all about – I don't like it when people um, – takes away from research when people attack others what's that doing for right. your research what is that what's what's it doing for your research nothing your attacks who cares what they're doing either you're, you want them to work with you you don't well leave it at that do your own thing you know uh, but but if you're really after some positive stuff it's important to uh you know work with like-minded individuals and, and people that are outside your realm of experience and uh whatnot that's important Another caveat on that to that is is that, you know, there are things that other people know that are within your experience. We're never too old to learn, right? That's where I'm going with that. We could always learn a new trick or two and vice versa. And that's always good because that just conti- that's called continuous improvement. Another one of my uh, things I'd really like to see is continuous improvement, uh, you know, that type of thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's building, yeah, it's starting uh with a base and then and like you said you're I, I know I know you're all about you have a very scientific mind and you you want things you know getting SOPs in place and and uh, uh, having standardization of what we do and and uh, that that's been huge for us um, besides the fact that uh, the making connections with other groups and collaborating you know, I keep beating that drum. It's collaboration, not competition. And that's, yeah, I, think that, yeah. uh, um, I mean, think about it. Uh, you know, maybe sometime, even with our groups that we collaborate with, call it for lack of a better term, a collaboration SOP that we'll be doing these steps using this equipment or these method methods going this way. Everybody's doing the same thing. Everyone's on the same page. So you don't question somebody's data as much and then you start looking at it you know and start finding those patterns we're looking for yeah and the <laughs> thing is too is there are other groups i mean there's groups out there uh that aren't on these social networks and whatnot that are doing this uh, they're working together they're sharing data they're building up and moving you know forward 
um, I think if more people would adhere to this, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you got humans involved, you got different ideas, agendas. Yes, there's people out there in it for the glory. There's people out there in it for TV. There's people in it out there for their own personal agenda. But there are a huge, significant amount of people out there in it for the discovery to know what's going on, what's this about. There's even, you know, even involving. Um, you know, we're all skeptical. We, we've talked about this before. We're all very skeptical with our evidence uh, findings and stuff that's shared with us. But uh, using somebody outside of the Bigfoot community or, or whatnot, you know, uh, and we do that. Uh, we use, you know, we, we, we work alongside skeptics uh, or uh, skeptical people, uh, people that are um, a true skeptic, one that's willing to look and vet the evidence. And that's an important part of research as well. Um, yes, we can call ourselves skeptics. You know, we can do that. But somebody that's a true skeptic, uh, somebody that uh, has nothing to do with uh, the Bigfoot phenomena, and especially that has credentials, I always find uh, a really core piece to a group or the puzzle. Exactly. And exactly. I hope more people, yeah. Are you guys aware of uh, the uh, Bigfoot legislation that uh, uh, whether it was uh, Ted Kulinkowski back in the 70s uh, and it was it was kind of originally proposed as tongue-in-cheek but uh, it was the idea was not to hurt and I think the the penalty for a violation was picking up garbage on the side of the road for two days or something but um, he uh, let's see it was June of 1977 he sponsored a bill to protect uh, Bigfoot from harassment by penalizing assaulters with two days of picking up trash on the state highways um, yeah I remember that bill yeah that uh, and of course he went on to be uh, our governor later on but uh, he was just a young senator with not a, a lot of uh, Fashion sense at the time. If you if you've seen the video, he was wearing a uh, really uh, unattractive checkered jacket while he did this. So I don't know if that was part of the the well, was back in the seventies. He probably had flare <laughs> pants on too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, and I actually got some national attention when uh, he he brought it up. But. Uh, it was interesting, and it also was talking about there was conversation about directing the uh, the state universities to try and solve the the mystery, and they and part of the bill the legislation involved uh, um, directing the forest forestry people to uh, develop uh, protocol for um, if there was a sighting, if they ran across because they figured they were the most likely to to have an encounter. Well, funny thing you mentioned that. In my uh, networking with the forestry rangers, as you well know, their uh, motive operators is, I see nothing. So they're Sergeant Schultz's. However, they, so will, he, forward he a- me their, they will forward me their reports. Right. I mean, you've made some good connections with the forestry guys that work in our area. And yeah, in fact, one no big conspiracy there. Yeah, I mean, but he, they're, uh, 
the, the one was re- we had one guy that was really interested, wanted to open the gates up and go out with us in areas that you know are are pretty inaccessible. So, um, but but like you're saying, there it's kind of a don't ask, don't tell kind of policy. If you see something or and there's been some stories that some the reports that have been made, you know. Uh, there was one where somebody, where a forestry guy had left his shovel and they came back and it was gone. I mean, it, it was gone and that they went back up there. And I think that was up in Washington. And I oh, might yeah. be told just, yeah, that was, um, that was pretty cool. I mean, that's, oh, you got to figure that at, at some point. Go ahead. Sasquatch borrowed it to bury their dead. It's obvious, right? <laughs> that's why you need one. You can't go to the store. You get questions yeah. for IDs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't. I haven't seen any Sasquatches in Home Depot, so uh, um, they go no. at night. Grab a couple pieces of wood, you know, a couple pallets, leave. They never know what happened to them. <laughs> no, but you bring up an answering point. You know, uh, our group's working with some of these these officials and people that are, uh, you know, rangers and whatnot. And we're we're, we're kind of blessed in that way to have that um, on our side. You know, because they have shared some lo- interesting interesting. Uh, tidbits, encounters, uh, and whatnot. So, and, and, and the few that we do work with seem generally interested for obvi- or for various reasons. Yeah, don't forget we've also got a, cu- a couple county sheriffs that are also on board, too, the ones that patrol up there. Right, right. Well, yeah. But uh, well, so it, it, uh, you, it should be a, should, it's a positive, uh, positive thing for us. Um, and I'm sure there's others out there that have some of these I guess you can call them inside connections or whatnot uh, that are willing to work with you. Um, though I would I would say involve them not public, but you know exactly because we are talking oh, about yeah, a different subject. <laughs> yeah. Funny, in, in promoting the show today, I posted a posted it in the Bigfoot the BFRO group, and it's oh, looks no. like it started a little little bit of a. Uh, it just—it's funny. People think feel like they're being attacked if somebody disagrees with them. Um, but uh, well, it's all pride. What's that? It's all pride. Well, right, and that's—and well, there's a thing about you know. I, I'm sure there's a a paradigm shift chain. I mean, both of you had some pretty close encounters. You know, um, yeah. I'm right. my my best uh, encounters have been all, all audio stuff, so I still have that you know reasonable doubt. Though I you know I lean towards their that they exist based on people that I know and trust, like you guys that that have had um, you know Shane, you've had a visual encounter, you know, and and Larry's had an off the hook encounter that I hope I never get to uh, experience. <laughs> so, don't forget, I've also had that visual encounter over 30-plus years ago, too. Right, right. What, when what I that saw bits and pieces of that one. Not very definitive, but but definitely, I mean, not a, you know, you didn't have a, you knew exactly what it was. It wasn't a full-on body thought, one, but, but it's like, right. so yeah, I didn't, yeah, and I didn't tell anybody either. until I th- think you were the first person I told. I, uh, I I got that kind of face. I don't know what it is. 
But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, Dr. Munson. Yeah, doc, yeah, that's right. Dr. Munson and Dr. Uh, Turner are in <laughs> are in today. We're in so. the house. <laughs> Don't forget Dr. Carson. <laughs> that's right. Ah. So I hang on just a second. It looks like we got may have another caller. Larry, hold yeah. on. We'll keep you on the line here. All right. Area code six one four. Are you calling in the chat? Yeah, it's Jerry Klein. Hi. Oh, hey, Jerry. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm how, doing how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, thanks for calling I'm in. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, something to uh, you got some uh, something to talk about? Something to share? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm in. I live in Mount Vernon, Ohio, but I belong to a gold club. You know, we do gold prospecting and Gambier, which is like uh, five minutes from here, which would be east of uh, Mount Vernon, Ohio. And on the subject that you guys are on to here, let me get to it real quick. I've had two sightings, which. BFRO would not call me back. I called and called and called. The first sighting I had was in August of 2013 with a, a full-blown sighting, Class A, standing in the middle of the river at 1.30 in the morning when I had a fire going on out there, and I was just trying to burn up some old wood I had at the camp and heard some splashes, seen him in the middle of the river, and but I've been on um, other talk shows about this, but my second sighting was, it was in May of 2014, I seen a juvenile cross the river that come from the same area that the other one did. Okay. And then while I was out there, I was by myself in uh, July. On July 7th, I went to bed about eight thirty, nine o'clock, somewhere around there, because I wanted to get up early next morning and, and do some prospecting. I got a gold dredge and stuff. But the previous years, two years before that, when I was out there camping, I was habituating these things. But I didn't take a recorder with me, didn't have nothing. And I finally did. I bought a cheap tape recorder and uh, mount it and put it in my truck, my microphone out underneath my <clears throat> antenna of my truck, and got some great recordings. And then I progressed from there to newer technology stuff. But last summer, July 7th at 10 o'clock, I woke up to my camper being rocked. And I just got one pulled behind. Oh, it was actually an enclosed trailer that I had converted over to a, a, tr- a camper. I put windows on, two windows, one on each side. And actually, I've got the 911 call um, when I called them and when they showed up and everything from the deputy sheriffs when they was there rocking my trailer and I had my 
my flashlight inside there, and I could see eyeballs going red. They was red. There was two of them, Ooh. one on each window, and it was going back and forth on each side. <laughs> Excuse me. And so they're growling inside there. They're shaking the hell out of this camper trailer that I I put together, and. Uh, so the sheriff's department showed up there, and they had a DNR officer with them that met him on top of the hill from the call. He got out of his vehicle, jumped one of the sheriff's department cars, and deputy sheriffs pulled up there. The first deputy sheriff was by himself, and the first Sasquatch that was on this side of my trailer, which would be on the, the west side of my trailer, <clears throat> took off went around the side of the cornfield, and he took off after it on foot while the other deputy sheriffs showed up. There was actually four deputy sheriffs with a DNR officer showed up there. He took off after the one on foot, and when he, there, you go through a bunch of weeds up over what they call the go, the Coco Sing Gap Trail. It's a bike path. It's all... Um, paved and real nice but it run over that and then run into the landowner's property and the deputy sheriff said when he got to the 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 Kokosing Gap Trail on the path he he said he had his light on this thing and it turned around and looked and it took one hand and this fence comes up clear up to my neck okay it's it's a cattle fence and this deputy sheriff said it took one hand, took one step over, and shot straight up this hill, which is a pasture hill, but it's 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 a ninety degree hill. And you got cattle, it's got trails coming down along the side of it, you know, just beat down where they just got a path down the side of it. They graze on the side of it, but they keep on those paths. But he said this thing, he followed it with his gun out with the flashlight to the top of the hill. He said it made it so many strides and then just took off east to the top of the ridge of that hill. Okay. So when he got back down there, they're trying to coax me out of the trailer. And this was 20 minutes went by from uh, the call till I finally got there. I went through hell over this, and and I told the I told the deputy sheriff. I said I'm not coming out unless somebody's giving me a ride home. I had been drinking a few beers, but I said, and you know, I'm not driving home. I said I want to get I want to get out of here. I want to get out of here now. And uh, they said you need to come outside here for a minute. I said why? And I, they said you just need to come outside here. So. I put my shoes on and closed the door, you know, and then actually I had a cable inside to hook my dog to the cable. I got a coon hound. He's about a, a little over a year old now. But anyhow, I, I went around to the back side of the trailer, and there's two handprints, great big handprints, palm prints on the side of my trailer where it was shoving it. <clears throat> and... Uh, and then the deputy sheriff that come back that had chased the one up the hill was all cut up. He'd went through 
briar bushes and everything else. Had his arms cut up over his eye. He had briars cut him up through there and everything. He come back panting, and they said, and they shined a footprint on the ground that was seventeen and a half inches long. Okay, and they shined that on the ground, and my dog had just dug a hole right behind this this walnut tree. You know, dogs will dig holes, and I keep him on a one of them cables, you know, where he can run around. But he's a coonhound. If I let him off, he's gone. So, but he dug his hole, and where that fresh dirt was, right behind my trailer on the same side, I went back there and looked at it, and and then uh, the deputy sheriff that come down off the hill done chased the one when he pulled up there on the cruiser. He come out there and he was looking at it when we was there. He was panting. He's all cut up and he's wiping his eye over top of his eye. And he looked down at that track and he went, "Holy cow!" That's not what he really said, but he put it nicely. He said, "Holy cow!" But it wasn't. It was holy cow something else. <laughs> Anyhow, he looked at that. And he said, "That's what I was chasing up the hill." And I told him, I said, I don't research these things. I said, I know they've been around here for quite a while off of this river. They come around every summer, every fall. And I said, I've I've got recordings of them. I said, actually, down at the pavilion, looks like 200 yards from where I was camped, I said, I've got a recorder set up right now. So they go down and they listen to the recorder, and they got this DNR officer with them. So they listen to the recorder, and they can hear the growls and everything. They can hear the growls. <clears throat> and there's actually a third one that was at the recorder because recorders got them little lights on them, the audio recorders. They got a little right. light that comes on. Well, I made a parabolic microphone just out of a bowl with a microphone, and I had it hung from a tree, and I had the 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 recorder actually just dangling from the tree. And they this thing, the, the other one was throwing rocks at the pavilion the whole time. The other ones was doing the stuff they was doing to my trailer. So, and you can hear bam, bam, on on that, you know. Mm. And then uh, then after that. You know, they listen to the recorder, and they can hear growls coming from off of that creature at the recorder. Plus, you can hear me hollering and banging on my trailer every time I'd see eyeballs. I'd bang on the inside of my trailer, try to get rid of them. I was screaming, crying, hollering. I was hunkered down in the corner. Dog was underneath the cot and, that I had in my uh, trailer, and... uh and in the other window, I could see a set of red eyeballs, but shorter. And um, looking in there, but there was no handprints on the other side. Hey, hey J- Jerry, um, we're kind of short on time. I got a few questions for you, though. Um, did you? I have a couple questions for you. One, did you happen to take pictures of the handprints that were on the side of your trailer? And two, um, was there a, an official uh, police report? Uh, on this on this event, yeah, there was. I, I 
uh, come find out. Okay, this was my point I was getting to real quick. I'll make it short and sweet. I looked at the officers, and I looked at the one that got beat up when he went chasing the one. I said, did you have your dash cam on when you pulled up? He said, and then the DNR officer looked at him and said, no, I don't think nobody had them on. And then come find out, I talked to another officer, and they said, them dash cams roll every time I hit the ignition on my car. Right. Okay. And the DNR officer told him, and he was looking at him going, you know, shaking his head a little bit. And they said, no, they wasn't rolling. But they come flying in there. So if they flew in there that fast and then wanted to chase them across the, the, the landowner's property and then the DNR officer tell them, no, the recorders wasn't rolling, and this and that and the other. He was in his little shorts. He had his gun on his side, had his green shirt on. It was a T-shirt. It was in, you know, it was July 7th. This happened at 10 o'clock when they woke me up. This went on for 20 minutes. Okay. Hey, Jerry. Now, back to your question real quick. Yeah. What was your question again? I'm oh, sorry. I'm, okay, well, I said, did you take pictures of the, the handprints on the side of your trailer, and, and was there an official uh, report, um, you know, yeah. uh, something that, you I know, cost or – yeah, I did take pictures, and so did uh, people from the Sospe group here in Ohio, because the BFRO will, will not contact me, but the Sospe group did, and I had them on my other phone, which I'm a mechanic at work, and my phone got run over by one of our front end loaders out in the yard, ah. so. I dug out the SD card, and when I did, the SD card was cracked right up to the middle. So it had all my pictures on there and everything from that. But the next morning, I casted the 17-and-a-half-inch footprint. Gotcha. The next morning, I went up to Lowe's and casted that footprint. But I've still got it all on recording. I've got it from... My audio recorder, I recorded it on cassette tape. And I've got the whole thing recorded on there. And on my audio recorder I got right now, I didn't. I listened to the last part of it that I had of our last warm season that our claim closes down in, in September. And I didn't think there would be anything on it. And... And uh, I was playing it the other day, and oh my gosh, I got some really good stuff. They was growling right by my audio recorder. I got, I got, you wouldn't believe, I got, I broke it down to three sections, and it takes like a minute long, but I've got sounds from them where they're making vocalizations, and then I'll growl at the, at, at the end of it within a minute. Cause I broke it well, down. I'd record it. Huh? I'd love to hear that. You want to hear it now? I got it right here in my hand. Yeah, play Talk it. The Shane and Gunner. Yeah, play it. Uh, we're in recording now. The show has actually ended, but uh, people that want to go back and listen to the show 
will be able to hear it. So, uh, yeah, please, please play it. Okay, hold on a second here. Now, you hear me fumbling around because I had to record and re-record it. Okay, that's just part of the first one. But what I was doing, I had to put it on cassette and then re-record it again off of here because I had to break it down because on, on the audio recorders, you got to go and find the numbers for each time you hear something. Write it down is what I do is I write it down, the numbers, time, date, and everything. And then I'll break it down and put it all down together. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. Um, You'll hear it here. This is within less than a minute. That was the same growls that I heard when they was at my windows shoving my trailer. That last growl was the deepest, and he's a big guy. And that's one, probably the one I seen in 2013 in the middle of the river at 1:30 in the morning. And he Jerry, was I got really a question deep. for you, Jerry. Yeah, um, I'm kind of interested in the eyes too. Can you tell tell us uh, about the what you would guesstimate the distance was between the eyes? Oh my gosh! Just just a rough guess because I see red eyes in the dark before, and uh, you know you, you kind of it's up to you, but I'm just kind of curious if you got a guess. Um, when they was looking through my window, the eye. My, okay, I had. Probably twelve inch windows. They're uh, okay. RV windows. I mounted in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, one eye would come by from right to left, and then the other eye would meet it back again, and then the other eye would go back from left to right. They both did that on both sides when I had the the uh, flashlight on. Now, can you guess about the 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 width in between the eyes, like say, oh my god, six I inches would apart. Have to what say, would I would have to say those windows, but they was tinted. But thing of it is, I could see out, but they couldn't see in. 
but the windows was open. They was open. That's so. That's the reason why that they was bringing their eyes back because both my windows is open because it was during the it was it was July seventh. Uh, it was hotter than hell out there. I had the windows open, and I keep a little fan inside at the, in that trailer that runs off batteries. You know, uh, just a little square battery I can recharge with generator or whatever. But anyhow. The eyes was going back and forth from the open spot of the window that I had open, but they're tinted to where you can't see in, but you'd see out. But where the screen was, so I'd have to say their eyes was pretty close to 12 inches apart. It okay, least that makes sense. Eight. Okay. That helps. At least eight, I'd have to say, or more. I don't know. That was that was my that's my estimation of when they would do it. Now the one I seen in the river, I had no scale for him, none. He was standing in the middle of the river, and we've got. I don't. I don't belong to no clubs. I don't want no money for nothing. I'm doing this all now under. My own, not research, just Bigfoot is what I call it. I'm Jerry, not doing thing. none of this for any money. Yeah, I got another pop- thing, um, Jerry, if you get more audio, if you can, could you just send us the raw audio without any editing? Yeah. I can send you the, actually, uh, I could, um, I could mail you the tape, the cassette tape, because my audio recorder, I actually, the only, well, it's not the only one I got now. Since I've been putting videos out on uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. I've gotten, um, oh, jeez. People's been donating stuff to me. I don't know why, but they've oh, been donating cool. stuff. Yeah, if you yeah. Get it digital, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, later okay. down the road, if you happen to get something, if you get digital, this is I would the love last to have an unedited, unedited copy. Yeah. This is the last digital recording I just sent to you that I have only on because okay. it. I went to the Sospi meeting or camp out, what we did in um, August, last part of August, and um, one of the kids got a hold of my recorder. And they erased everything off of it. Oh, that's never happened in Bigfoot and lore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Jerry, I walked, uh, real... away, I, I walked away for one minute and come back, and then I never checked the audio recorder again. Thought it was fine because uh, there was people at Sospi Group wanted to hear the stuff that I had recorded on it, okay? And then when I come back, and then I got home later that evening, um, a gentleman, I'm not going to mention his name, he had his son there and his son's friend, which is kind of a hyper kind of kid, uh, teenagers, I should say. He got on there and didn't realize it. He put on there and went, I see Bigfoot, I see Bigfoot. And that's what he put on there. And he erased every page. On my recorder. So some somebody's been sending me. I've got 
like six, seven recorders now, and I've got four trail cams. Somebody mailed me a flare. I don't even know how much that thing's worth right now. And I don't really care. I appreciate what they sent. And a GoPro. Somebody sent me a GoPro. And it's all coming in anonymous. Well, it's it's awesome that they're they're. Uh, I mean, obviously they take your story at face value, and they're really interested in in your encounter or encounters. Um, I still got to I still got to ask you though that police report is that available to the public? I mean, that uh, yes, it, it is. Had, yes, oh, yes, it I, is. That'd be awesome to uh, see because that's just going to validate the whole experience uh, big time. Um, and it's very rare to find stuff like that, but. I can't get the police report on it because they didn't make a report. All I can get is the CD of the 911 call. I've done been there and done that. Mm-hmm. And the, actually, the gal that does my work on my phone, to just got another phone, her mom's the 911 caller actually took my call. But she said they they did not report it. Because the ODNR did not want them to report that. I got you. And, but she said, if I need to come up there and get a CD, it would cost me 40 bucks, or not 40 $4, and, uh, and they'll they'll give me a CD because it's, it's on public record. They'll give me a CD. I said, well, I've already got recorded here off my audio recorder, but I put it on cassette tape. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'd I'd love to but, hear that. I'm just uh, I just wonder why they did not uh, file an actual report. Even you know, I'm not calling something of that nature Sasquatch, but there's an individual running out here. Uh, we caught him, you know, running across our car. You know, it's uh, you got to wonder why they didn't file a report, an official report. I don't know either, especially after what they seen. Yeah, right. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And the deputy sheriff, I even tried getting a hold of him, the one that chased the one up the hill, and they won't give me his name. They won't let me know anything about it. And, you know, I believe you me, this is a tight-knit community around here that I live in. It's actually a, it's a, a hot spot. It's a... There's like three different colleges in this town here, mm-hmm. and they do not want that impeached on. And that's the thing. There's been sightings on the same property and around the property that we camp at. And right after my trailer got shut, our uh, one of our prospectors down there. Carmen and Ron, which they'll go on record too, and they're very nice people. They're older people. They've got an enclosed trailer longer than mine, but they they uh, converted it over to a camper style too, and uh, they got their shuck. They parked actually parked in my spot because I quit camping out there because of that reason, and they parked in my spot and the night they did. They got their campers or their trailer shook. The same way happened to me. But he had guns on him. He wasn't drinking. 
actually got out the front door, popped a shot off in the ground. Wasn't intentionally wanting to shoot anything. He just wanted to run him away. And he popped the shot off in the ground, and then he said he went back in there and crawled back in the bed, and Carmen said, I don't know. You think in the morning we ought to move the trailer to a different side of the, the campground where it's not right in Jerry's spot? And he said, that's probably a good idea. So <laughs> they did that. But over the whole course of this summer of audio, you wouldn't believe. I it just, you know, I've even had uh, an investigator out there. Um, she was out there. I don't want to mention her name. She's publicly, but she spent, she bought a membership with our club, spent summer down there, and set me up as bait down there, but they wouldn't come around for some reason. And she had re- she had uh, cameras on top of her motor home. She had them on the sides of it. She lay in the back of her bunk. She had a, a parabolic microphone, everything else, and she could not get nothing. I'd do everything unmanned there. That's the only responses I get from that place because I am too scared to go down there for what I've been through. Everything I do is all unmanned. Now, I I did get on my uh, my Bushnell trail cam, I got a pair of eyes that I aimed, finally got my camera aimed at the river bank to where they have to come up the bank Something set the camera off, but when I zoomed it in, put the SD card in my phone, and zoomed it in, there's a huge pair of freaking eyes. That's it. It's not deer, because I got deer on there. I got coons on there. I got, you know, these are a huge set of eyes, and that's all I could get. I couldn't get no facial features, but a set of eyes. And they're actually got the 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 conical shape to or the the what I call a frame shape to them that's they've got to them and uh but I'm telling you where I'm at down there's a hotbed, and I got a guy who got a hold of me uh two months ago it's wanting to do a, a short uh um uh, a short uh, documentary, not on that property, but the neighbor's property across from 229 over from us. It's got a huge swamp there, and they're having activity there, and the farmer is not liking it. So he's having all kinds of activity and stuff. And I told him, I said, I don't get rid of them. All I do is I go in and just, you know, put up audio and, and, and you know, video of them. That's all I can do, you know. <clears throat> but I don't go traipsing yeah. in the woods for them. Right. Well, Jerry, uh, really appreciate you calling, and we got to kind of wrap this up, but I really appreciate you calling in. Maybe we'll have you on down the road. Uh, I'd love to hear some more audio from you uh, if you wanted to share that, just, you know, so we can listen to it ourselves and, uh, uh, what not, but uh sounds like you had a, 
quite the uh, interesting, you know, encounter encounters. Um, well, could you could you hear the audio that I just sent you though? Could you hear it all right, or was it just too yeah, garbled? It, it was a little bit garbled, but we could hear it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's it's better to send that sort of thing, you know, via email or whatnot, and you can you know pump it up on your own, uh, uh, you know, uh, computer and whatnot, and listen to it. But it, it was it was it was uh, it, it sounded it came across pretty well. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we still had, you know, it was still warm back then. We still had a lot of uh, cicada noise in the background, and I get that there a lot, too, on that campground. But like I said, I I set up the audio. That was actually the last day, because we shut down at the end of September for uh, our gold claim of our lease there, and that was the last part of it that I did. Mm Mm-hmm. But I've had two sightings on that property at a juvenile this this year. I had it um, May uh, at the end of May. We had an outing there for uh, what we call prospector days. Everybody packed up and left. My my trailer was the only one left there, and I went out and sat around the fire pit. But there was no fire going on. But it was during the day. At the end of the day, I should say, about six o'clock in the evening, and it was hot, and I seen something across the the river, and I thought it was a landowner's dog. It was red, reddish color, and it was milling around on all fours. And I was like, "What the heck?" And I got the binoculars out and was looking at, it, and I said, "He never crosses the river, you know, the landowner's dog." I said, "He never goes across over there." And I heard some stick tapping, not wood knocking, but stick tapping, just on back into the woods across from the river. And this thing stood up, probably about four and a half feet tall, maybe four, four feet tall. That I could tell because it was it wasn't very tall, and they just logged the old just uh, the older trees out of there. So there were some sycamore tops there. This thing stood up, walked over. I couldn't see its face. All I could see was back and everything. And walk over and step over a sycamore top. And all the foliage on the bottom would start to turn green. And then it just disappeared into that foliage after I heard those stick taps. And that was it. And that was my second sighting there. And then I had my incident there and. um Attacked there July seventh, you know, with my trailer. Yeah. So no, I mean, quite a bit to wait on me, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, compelling stuff. Very interesting story, and uh, like I said we really appreciate you calling into the show and, and sharing this. Uh, I hope to hear some follow up on some of the. Um, uh, it sounds like an active area, possibly, uh, and uh, sounds like you got some interesting stuff going on, but. I got to uh, got to end the show, man. But I really appreciate you joining us, Jerry. Uh, really appreciate okay. it, and, and uh, stay in touch, please. No problem, mate. We'll talk to you later. All right. Well, you have a great evening, and uh, thanks for uh, joining us here at uh, Monster X Radio. Okay. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. <laughs> 